You're listening to Not Your Average CEO Lifeline with your hosts, Danielle Cuomo, CEO, Nicole Ells, COO, Chief Operations Officer, and Cassandra Blake, Virtual Operations Manager. We are here to provide you with a vital lifeline to executive advice that you've never heard before. We have the tools, the resources, and the tactics to help you reach the next level. Whether you're just starting out or have been in business for decades, listen in for exclusive tips and content to suit your needs. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average CEO Lifeline. Today, we are talking about getting started with your business, being the entrepreneur, but more specifically, we're going to talk about how, and not just in a general sense, we are going to talk about first steps that you need to take, how you should take them, why, pros and cons, and we will wrap up with um, talking about some finances and um, marketing plans to really set a hard foundation for you to kickstart your business. I have Cassandra Blake and Danielle Cuomo with me as always to give you some valuable insight into starting your dream business. So Danielle, can you talk to us a little bit about what you feel is the number one must have for starting a business and why? So certainly the number one must have would be a website. Your website would serve as essentially your online business card. And it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to um, hire a WordPress developer and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on designing a website. There are many, many options for website builders now. So that's a do-it-yourself option. Um, In many cases, it's just like a drag and drop. So if you can uh, write a Word document, you can design a website. Um, there's a couple options that we often recommend to clients. Wix is one of them. Squarespace is one of them. GoDaddy also has a builder. And uh, once you get the, the website, um, like I said, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to say, you know, who you are, why you do what you do, why you're better than your competitors, and how to contact you, a call to action. Um, it's not something to get hung up on um, and or something to serve as a roadblock. I mean, in, in my experience, I've seen a lot of um, startup companies worry about things like logos and letterhead and cover photos for social media. And while those are all important, uh, those alone are not going to bring you in clients. Um, certainly your website is going to serve that function. So when you're starting out, I would say that's the number one thing you have to, to have. And I think it's important when you're starting your website to really connect with your SEO. It is important to set your website up with Google. You may be saying, how do I do this, right? Um, If you choose Wix, um, it walks you step-by-step. So there are plenty of tutorials that will show you how to kickstart your SEO, how to put your business on Google, how to get your name out there. And without a website, without SEO, you can't really start anything else. 
right? How are you going to start marketing without that number one website where people can find you, they can contact you? Um, Danielle, what do you think is important to have on your website? I think um, you don't have to go crazy with a lot of content. That's also not a best practice. And I just clog it up with content that's not valuable. I think it's important to just say who you are, how the person can work with you, how they can get in touch with you, what steps they might have to take, and why you're different than your competitors, why someone should choose you. I agree. I also think it's important too to put your pain points, right? What is your customer's pain point that you are solving? It is something that draws in your your customers. It also helps with keywords for your SEO for what are people searching for? How are they going to find you? The next step outside of SEO would in my opinion, be now marketing. How are you going to find customers? How are you going to find clients? Can you talk to us, Cassandra, a little bit about social media marketing and how to really kickstart? Where do you start if you're starting an Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest from, from scratch? What advice would you have for our listeners? I think one of the basic foundations of things that you should do when you're trying to start brand new with Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, anything like that is follow your favorite creators or influencers. More than likely, they're going to be in the same niche that you are. So you're going to be able to have that same type of content. And there are also a lot of algorithms that go with the social media. So if you're following these types of niches, then these are the people that your content is also going to be getting out to. Um, That would be the, the basis that I have started with myself and I have started with my clients. So the other thing to do is you kind of start um, building up your content, but at the same point, you also have to be very consistent. You can't post one day and then just drop off the face of the planet and then expect your business to grow and have the marketing skills because you're not having that consistency. Social media is huge, but you also have to be on top of it. Um, that would be kind of the the basis that I have, but there are also other amazing tools for social media. So it's not like you have to create all of the content and then manually post it over and over again. So one of the tips that I like to use is um, Hootsuite or even Facebook now, they have a planner built into it that will post to your Instagram and your Facebook. So, or Tailwind is another um, one and that brings in Pinterest. So you could actually create all your content and then you could schedule it out for days at a time and then not even worry about it for a week or so, but just always make sure you're being consistent. So your audience knows this is what you're doing. You're here. These are your products. And that will kind of get the the ball rolling. I think that was fantastic advice. I would agree. Can you tell our listeners about hashtags? right? That's probably rolling through their minds right now. Well, what about those hashtags at the bottom of my posts? What do I do with those things? What are they? How do I use them? Do I have to be consistent with them? So me personally, I am not a fan of hashtags and that's because I am not creative with them. (laughs) 
I'm not creative with them at all. But there are actually some amazing websites out there that if you enter them in, they're free. If they and they will go in and analyze your profiles and actually tell you what type of hashtag your profile can come up into, and you can use that hashtag. That's one resource. But honestly, if you're going to use hashtags, the best platforms to use them are Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok. I don't really see a lot of hashtag marketing, and Nicole, please correct me if I'm wrong, for Facebook or LinkedIn or anything like that, because it's more of that professional manner. Where Instagram, it's that's actually how you find things, is if you type in a hashtag, uh, everything that's connected to that hashtag is going to come up in your Discover page. Same with your TikTok. That's how your content is discovered, where Facebook and, and LinkedIn, not so much. Um, but definitely do a lot of research on what works, what doesn't. There are a lot of hashtags that you think might work, but there's different spellings of it. And that's something I learned myself with a, a client was we were spending, we were using hashtag trending and we were like, why isn't we getting a lot of hits? Well, it turned out they spent trending with the Z and that was the viral hashtag and we didn't use it that way. So research is always something or hashtags for you to look into. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, definitely research your hashtags, but also know which social media outlet is appropriate for your audience, your content. Where do you belong? Where are you going to thrive? So as Cassandra stated, Facebook and LinkedIn are more professional. They do have hashtags and uh, LinkedIn, if you go to post something, will suggest hashtags to you. And if this is something new to you, you may think, oh my goodness, I need to put all these, ha these hashtags. Um, but it's not a common thing for someone to go on LinkedIn and start researching hashtags and their algorithms aren't required. It's not something that's embedded in them to do so. Whereas for Instagram, for example, their whole platform is based on likes and hashtags and keywords so that your audience sees what your audience wants to see. Whereas LinkedIn, it's a little different. Um, Facebook, it's a little different. It's more based on suggested posts rather than these actual funnels to get you to see what you want to see. So make sure that whatever social media outlet you choose, make sure that you're using it appropriately and make sure it's the right outlet for your service, your product. Danielle, do you have anything to add to that? One of the things just to piggyback off what Nicole is saying is that you don't need to concern yourself with being on every single platform just because it's available. And every single platform is not right for every single business, as Nicole was saying. So 
There are some businesses that will do really well on TikTok. There are businesses that um, will do really well on Instagram, but that doesn't mean that your business needs to be on there. So I think it's definitely important to consult with an expert, with someone that that understands social media and see where to invest your time, um, where to invest your money if you are hiring someone to do content development for you and not just sort of put it out there on every single platform and hope that someone sees it. Um, I think it's much better to be more focused and strategic. I want to talk about networking, um, but also uh, before we start talking about networking, I want to talk about um, what you just said, Danielle, about finding someone to write your content. I want to speak to the entrepreneur who feels they need to hire someone to do their marketing for them or to write their content. If you don't have the budget to do so, do your research. Don't be afraid to start yourself. You don't necessarily need a marketing company that may charge you thousands of dollars. Um, If that's the route you choose to go, make sure you understand the ROI, ask questions. Is this investment going to bring you clients that is going to make you profitable instead of keeping you in a, in a loss. So there are a lot of companies that will guarantee you followers or they'll guarantee you leads. If they're guaranteeing you something, it's usually a red flag to us, right? You can't guarantee that your content is going to speak to an audience. You can't guarantee that you're going to gain followers because you chose this company. Um, I, I always say that's a red flag. If they're saying that to you and you choose to go with them, make sure you see the analytics behind it. Make sure you are tracking everything because you are certainly going to pay money for it. Um, make sure they're showing you the statistics and the proof, but, um, I suggest if you're starting out to do it yourself, uh, trust in what you know, you're going to be the expert of your own business. So trust in yourself, see how it goes. It's going to take time. Social media marketing does not happen overnight. So networking is going to be key as well. And networking in a remote environment is not easy, but it's, it's not hard, especially post COVID world. It is a lot more culturally acceptable now to network at home instead of going to a conference and shaking hands and maybe paying to be in, um, a networking group where you go and you have lunch every two weeks. Um, networking remotely has, got me to where I am today. It has gotten Danielle where she is today. And I'm certain it's gotten Cassandra where she is today. Uh, Danielle, can you give our listeners some advice on how you network remotely? 
So the biggest thing I would say with networking, whether whether it is remotely or in person, is thinking about how you can be helpful to the people that you're networking with. Uh, you don't go into it with a what's in it for me type of attitude. Um, you go into it with the attitude of how can I help this person? How can I be a valuable resource to them? And when you do that, I have found over the last you know, 13 years or so that um, when you do it like that, the rewards find their way to you. They fall into place. And so when you're with keeping that in mind, if you can reach out to someone, um, you're doing it remotely. So you're reaching out to someone, say on LinkedIn, for example, um, when you're doing it remotely, it's important to have more of a specific goal in mind rather than just a general uh, getting to know someone. So if I'm reaching out to someone that I have not met in person and I'm just networking with them remotely for the first time, I will think of something that can be valuable to them. Uh, maybe it's a referral for them. Maybe it's an article or a podcast that they should listen to. Um, maybe I want to share some of the content that they have written to my audience and of course, credit them and have the opportunity to start a conversation there. But I think reaching out to someone, taking the time to take the 10 or 15 minutes to find a way to connect with them in a way that is valuable to them is really important when you're networking remotely because you're not at a you know cocktail hour or a breakfast and just sort of chit-chatting with someone in a more casual way. You need to be more intentional um, about this. I agree. And I, oh, I have, I have a question. Yeah. Just kind of like in regards to the whole marketing, social media marketing. So mm -hmm. with all of that said, what would, what are your thoughts on using ads for social media? So like Facebook offers ads, um, LinkedIn, anything along those lines to promote, do you think it's worth it or to actually try to build it yourself before using that area? I would say for, if we're talking to the entrepreneur who's getting started today mm -hmm. to hold off on ads, I would say, build your content first, see where you can take your marketing, um, whether it's social media, whether it's email right there, whether it's running a campaign. And, and I think we'll talk about email marketing and campaign marketing in um, latter episodes, but I would say you don't need to jump into ads right away. Ads get tricky, ads get expensive, and ads take time. I think a lot of um, starter companies think that the if you put, say, $1,000 towards an ad, that you're going to get the followers you want, or you'll get the clicks that you want, you'll get the clients that you want, and then you throw that money in there, you didn't have any purpose behind it, and you end up with nothing, right? You end up with no leads. You end up with no sales. Right. So I think ads are beneficial if done the right way at the right time. I definitely think that's a valuable advice. Cause I, I know when, um, entrepreneurs are starting out when, you know, that social media platform pops up and it states, Hey, I can get this in front of so many people, you know, they're like, I want to grow fast. So they're going to be inclined to definitely click on that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was a great point to make. I would though agree with Danielle about um, finding value 
in what you can offer to someone else. But also add to that, find groups, find pages, find different networks within LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse that you can talk to either your audience and or talk to other business owners like yourself. Um, different groups on LinkedIn offer you to ask questions. Um, it's a great resource for you to find answers to your industry specific questions that you may have. It will also allow you to talk to people about their experiences. It just opens that door for you to network with the people you want to network with. Um, I think Clubhouse is also a great new up and coming app that is going to allow you to very proactively talk to other people and make connections. So if you have not researched Clubhouse, I recommend to our listeners that you do so. Be prepared that in order to gain something from Clubhouse, you have to put in the time, you have to put in your voice, right? It's all, it's a speaking app. So where LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram are more passive, where you can post something, you can message someone, send an email. Clubhouse is very proactive. And if you are there a lot, you are making your voice known, you are making connections, you will grow. And it is a way outside of the, I'm attending a conference to actually talk to people you don't know, introduce yourself, talk about your services, your goals, your intentions, and, and move forward in that way. So I know one of the biggest challenges that a lot of um, new business owners and entrepreneurs face are if they join groups, um, a lot of groups seem to either be full of spammers or they can't post or ask questions in regards to their business because they can be considered spam or soliciting. Do you have any type of tips or advice on how to like either work around that or um, how to kind of face that head on? Yes, Cassandra, groups can be full of spam. They definitely have very strict rules. I have been in groups where I am asking if I can post to the group about an article I read that they may like to read and it's gotten a hard no um, because it, you know, their rules are their rules. There are groups though that aren't like that. I would say shop around, shop around for the right pages, the right groups. Um, they're out there, but there is a lot of spam, but there's a lot of spam everywhere. There's a lot of spam accounts. There's a lot of spam emails. Uh, it is only going to grow, in my opinion, as technology grows, the amount of red flags that us as business owners, us as entrepreneurs, or uh, us just trying to even uh, get the word out that we want to get the word out about. If you're um, just looking to be an activist about something you're passionate about. If you're looking just to share different content, um, you don't have to necessarily be an entrepreneur to or starting a business to have these things, right? 
Um, a lot of people even start websites just because they want to post um, pictures they've taken for their family and they want um, to post their resume and just an outlet. So spam comes along with all of those things. Uh, so be cognizant of it. I think having it front of mind helps. Um, but as far as finding those groups, they're out there. Take your time. Try not to get frustrated with networking remotely. It's not easy, especially if you're just starting out. It can be intimidating. Take it one step at a time. Um, start with your website. Start with SEO. Move to choosing a platform, you don't have to set up an account with LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, right? We talked about this a little earlier. Choose one, start small, have a routine, use a platform. Um, there are a lot of things that you can automate. Yes. So a uh, couple of podcasts from now, we'll also talk about automation. It kind of ties into the email marketing. Um, and the campaigns, automation is going to be huge in upcoming years. It is cost-effective and reliable. So we'll talk a little bit about automation in kind of entrepreneur getting started part two, I think. Um, but I wanna wrap up with talking about a budget because starting a business Often the misconception is that you have to have all of this money in order to get started. And um, if you start a business, you might just pour all of your savings into it and you're not going to get any outcome if it's not successful. And that today is not the case. Um, it is, I think a notion that was back in maybe the eighties or nineties that in order to start a business, you had to have a, a large sum of money that got you started. And it was more of an investment. I think today an investment is more an investment in yourself and an investment in time and dedication to starting your passion. Obviously, if your passion or your business involves a product, um, start small right? If you are a DIYer, make sure you understand your costs that are associated with making your product and then what you're going to sell it for. Start small, right? Maybe you create um, a handful of things to sell in order to build the savings needed to continue moving forward. The website investment that we talked about earlier is uh, minimal costs. We're not talking about thousands of dollars. We're talking about one or $200 to start your website, to get the domain you want. Um, you don't need a huge WordPress developer. You don't need a fancy marketing company right off the bat. Start it yourself. Um, start small, start with your time in, uh, your spare time, uh, and make sure you, list out, start. There are plenty of platforms. Cassandra, do you recommend any budget-friendly accounting softwares that would help entrepreneurs getting started? So I use, I use two different types um, with a few clients. One is uh, QuickBooks. Um, Which can get pricey. 
which can get pricey. Very pricey. So <laughs> be aware that QuickBooks can get pricey and you don't need QuickBooks, right? right. There are no, no. Right. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, but a lot of people like QuickBooks. Um, personally, I, I think it can cause a headache, but that's my personal opinion. Um, I am a fan of wave waves app. Um, there's a free version of it, uh, which is always great. Any type of free applications, especially starting out, um, is wonderful. So, but with ways it basically you can tie in your invoices, your sales, your payouts, your checkings, your any, basically anything that your QuickBooks could do this app does as well. And it's free. So it works. Um, free and- is free is sorry to catch up, but free is for the starter, right? Yes. You may, and free may not also just be for the starter, but you may not like the app. It right. may not work for you. And there are plenty of apps out there. Do the free trial. See yes. if, if this is what you were looking for, right? One, uh, one person's invoicing is not the other person's invoicing. So, um, free is for the starter. Definitely. <laughs> yes. So that would, so ways would be my recommendation. And then Zoho invoicing is also a free version, um, as well. The only, the only downfall I have with Zoho is typically if you like Zoho and you want to continue up, they don't integrate well with other platforms. So that's why they have like a whole plethora of Zoho items. Um, so that's just something to, to be mindful of. Um, what about you? I would also be, I would, I'd be mindful of Zoho getting caught down a rabbit hole, um, with their, all their different apps, their customer service is not good. Um, sorry, Zoho, but they, if you have issues, you're kind of on your own. Um, finding a Zoho expert is going to get pricey. Um, so there are people that love Zoho. There are people that hate Zoho try it out, uh, try out their free versions to see if you like it, because if you like it and you understand technology, it's going to work fantastically for you. If not, I would say other outlets. Um, I typically would advise starters not to use QuickBooks. Um, there are platforms like FreshBooks or HoneyBook that um, you can just give a try to, but, uh, if you don't want to try a, a platform, you can always use a spreadsheet. Um, there are plenty, yeah, there are plenty of templates that you can find with, uh, formulas in them mm. that, I mean, I think Excel or Google sheets may already have an expense yep. spreadsheet. Yeah. They already have the templates right there. <laughs> Uh, that may work well for you. Um, you can create your invoices in word. You can create your invoices in Canva or Visme or a a PDF, however you want to create your invoices. You can probably even find templates, um, on Google sheets or Google word docs that will have templates for invoicing. So you don't need an app apps may just work well for you. If you choose a Wix, a Squarespace or a GoDaddy, I know Wix has different purchasing apps that integrate right in with your website. Um, They have turned more cost-effective than they used to be because they're growing in size. So 
if you decide to go with that, um, do your research, I think is really what we're getting at. There are plenty of free apps. There are plenty of different integrations. Make sure it's seamless. Um, don't throw your money into something that's going to be PC and then also um, account for your time, right? Always value how much essentially you, I'm gonna quote unquote, are going to pay yourself to do something. If the automation is going to cost less, choose that. Right. You're the innovator. You are the driver forward. Your time is valuable. So don't get caught up in one area. Make sure that you are focused on your business. You're focused on growing it because if you're not, who else is? So I liked how you brought into don't focus on one area. And I also kind of want to touch upon um, Visme or Canva or anything like that um, because I do know that there are some entrepreneurs that can't draw a straight line with a ruler. So, um, but in order to do social media marketing, you have to have some type of content and reading a bunch of words or articles um, are not very beneficial um, on social media. I believe there's a stat somewhere that states you have like three seconds to catch someone's attention. So mm -hmm. of course, if you have to do that reading, they're just going to swipe. So what do you what are your insights on some of those uh, content creation? Uh, like, are there free versions you can use or like how would you create something um, without breaking your bank? Yeah, Canva has free versions. I would start there for social media. I really gravitate towards Visme for a lot of different presentations, different documents, infographics. Visme has more of a professional feel where Canva allows for more of a creative design feature. So try them both out. Um, Visme may not have a free version any longer, but I know Canva certainly does. If you are not graphically or artistically inclined, like myself, templates are great. Um, we've also talked about in previous podcasts, finding similar influencers uh, that mimic your brand, see what they're doing. Obviously we're not promoting copying anyone's anything, right? But yeah, it, but it gives you an idea of a look, a feel, um, the amount of text that should go on a post or uh, an image. If, if you're starting from scratch and you have no idea. So, um, and I don't, I don't know if you, if you know this, but Loomly, which is a social media, um, scheduler, they have a program set up within their software that once you schedule out, it will actually do a validation and it will come up on the bottom of the screen and it will tell you, um, based off of your profile, your, you know, this isn't a good time to post or you have too much text or, um, things like that. And I think that's definitely beneficial, especially if you're just starting out. Um, because, you know, so many studies have been done on social media marketing and there's, they're always finding new things because new apps and platforms are, are growing every day. Um, so same with like the best time to post and, and all of that, but I definitely found that very helpful starting out. Um, that sounds like a 
very helpful feature. I did not know that feature, but the time to post all of the statistics behind that are also industry-based. So don't be afraid to do your research. Don't get complacent either. Apps and tech is chronically changing. It is changing at a rapid rate right now. So make sure that you are subscribed to different articles, different mediums that will allow you to see new technology that is out there and available to you in a way that is going to make sure you propel forward and not get stuck in the mud where you, yeah. Yeah, no, I I would definitely agree. But I also think a good takeaway of this is that when you feel that you have to start, like you want to start a business and you need to have a website and all of that is that you don't have to, you don't have to know code. You don't have to, you know, try to figure out what's going to do this or do that. There are so many templates out there, like you said, and like Wix. um, I know Wix also has a lot of marketing pieces that are built into that platform as well for that that website. Um, So there's a, a bunch of different packages out there too that can help with it. So before we close, I want to touch upon what Cassandra just said. It made me think about when you go into starting a business and you start getting a website, you start typing things into your browser about starting a business or starting social media marketing, you're likely going to get ads about different legalities that come with starting a business. So you may get spam emails that say for $500, we can submit your LLC or for this amount of money, we can register you here. A lot of this is complete spam. Um, In an upcoming episode, we're going to talk about the legalities of starting a business and who to turn to, where to, where to look, where to ask questions and get the right answers. Um, In, in short, to not leave you completely hanging, um, starting an LLC and S Corp will require some back end questions. So ask someone that you trust. There are a lot of spammers out there who will offer or it will come across that you need to pay when a lot of the registration fees are free if you do it yourself. So do your research depending on what state you're in, what type of business you wanna start um, in order to not get tricked into spending all this money to get your company started in a legal way. So an upcoming episode, we'll go into more details about whether it should be an LLC, an S-Corp, a C-Corp, where you fit. uh, If you just are going to be a contractor, if you are providing a service, what um, code you fall into. And it sounds like a lot, but um, with the right advice, it is very, very doable. So I know that there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs listening now that are probably thinking, well, I have a small business. I don't sell a lot. Do I really need that? Yes, you do. Um, It is important to start foundationally in the right way. You don't know where your company is going to end up or how 
large or small you may end up being, but starting it the right way, starting it um, so that your clients know this is something you're serious about. And even for yourself, knowing just personally that I am full on into this, it needs to be legal. It needs to be accredited. It is not only just for tax purposes, it is for yourself. It is for your customers. It's for your audience to show that this is something I'm dedicated to. This is something I'm serious about. And it gives you credibility, really. If you have a customer who looks to you and if you're offering a service that um, may require a 1099, you're going to turn around and say, well, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> what do I give this person? What are they talking about? Right. You need to be educated on what it is to start a business. That's good. That's good to know. Cause I do know that there are, um, there are more than likely some entrepreneurs that the way they'll, they'll view it is, you know, I woke up one day, I want to start a business. Um, if I get bigger, I'll, I'll do an LLC or something. So that's kind of good to know that if you, you know, go into this head first, start with the logistics. Yeah. Start with the logistics and you don't have to start day one, I would say, but not day 400. Um, <laughs> make sure that you're going to dedicate yourself to it. Make sure that um, if you're putting money into a website, if you're putting your time into marketing, make sure you're putting your efforts into being serious about having a business. I think that is all for this episode. We definitely have a lot more to cover and we will have guest speakers in the upcoming episodes talk more about their experience getting started, their experience now as an entrepreneur, um, different advice from accountants, uh, other CEOs, etc. Thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode, which will feature the 24-7 worker. And we are wishing you the best as you, if you're listening to this episode as getting started with your business, we are wishing you tremendous success. You've been listening to Not Your Average CEO Lifeline with your host, Danielle Cuomo, CEO, Nicole Els, Chief Operations Officer, and Cassandra Blake, Virtual Operations Manager. This podcast has been sponsored by Virtual Assist USA. If you would like to know more about the hosts or exploring virtual assistant services, visit virtualassistusa.com for more information, free virtual guide magazines, access to networking groups, and much more.